disturbing from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 130 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Episode 130. Guys, you know what that means? Do you know what that means? Of course, you know what it means. I've been teasing it, building up to it, talking about it for the past 10 episodes at least. <laughs> uh, it means this podcast is about to come to an end. Uh, after this episode, we have one more. Okay, There's one episode left of Dragon Ball Super, one episode remaining of Rock the Dragon, the Dragon Ball Super podcast. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into all the thank yous and all that stuff because that's we have a whole other episode that's sort of... You know, that'll be sort of reserved for all of that kind of stuff. But I'm just letting you guys know, just in case for some reason you forgot, <laughs> this all is about to come to an end. OK, so uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to present you guys with the idea of the Patreon once again, because that, of course, will be the best way and probably the only way to keep up with me as far as anything Dragon Ball related goes from this point on. Of course, none of us knows of Dragon Ball Super is going to return at some point and even if it does it'll still be a while before we get an english dub so i can't i you know it's kind of all up in the air in terms of how that's going to go down and even if it comes back i don't know if i'll have the time to be able to actually come back with another podcast but what i can tell you that is that in the meantime over on patreon.com slash rock the dragon podcast uh, i am currently making dragon ball related content so you can go over there you can sign up choose a tier i did a whole patreon preview episode about it where you can hear about everything that's there i just added two new things i was kind of talking about the dragon ball z kakarot footage with the vegeta gameplay i actually did a video commentary of that so if you're signed up for the dragon balls tier you can get access to that but if you're signed up for the dragon balls and infinity stones tier you can get everything okay so that everything actually includes uh, a short film that i did some years ago not not too many years ago probably you know a couple years so a couple years have passed but uh, it's a dramatic short film called mother mary one that was never really released publicly um uh, i don't really know why it was never released because you know it wasn't something that i was i was just an actor right it was, a, it was a role that i auditioned for it was a student film that was made who knows why they never actually sort of officially released it but it was mostly completed and i was i did get a copy of it because i wanted to use some of my performance stuff for my acting reel i don't talk about this a lot on the podcast but i am also an actor i haven't done anything in a while probably since earlier this year maybe but it's you know i have a history with acting okay so if you sign up for the Dragon Balls and Infinity Stones tier, you get to watch that film. And I've already had Andrew number two watch it and give me his thoughts on it. And he gave me kudos on my performance. He said he couldn't wait to see more. He wishes it was longer. He wishes they, that we would continue it. He told me my performance was phenomenal. So these are the kinds of things that you can uh, expect over on the Patreon is it doesn't always have to be anything like geek related. It doesn't have to be necessarily like, you know, superhero related things. Sometimes it just may be like, oh, this is a film that I was in and nobody really saw for whatever reason. And you guys get to see it. And because uh, that's a, once again, that's a whole other side of me that you guys probably don't know. And uh, you will see a completely different side of me in that short film. <laughs> Let's just say things get really intense. 
Okay, so if you're interested in seeing that, sign up patreon.com slash rock the dragon podcast. And in the month of October, of course, I'm, I'm going to be pushing this thing one final time. Okay, at the end of October, I'm going to reevaluate and see if it makes sense for me to keep the Patreon going. And I can tell you right now, one thing that I'm going to try to do, of course, in addition to doing a sort of behind the scenes commentary, sort of breakdown of my Dragon Ball Super music video. Uh, I'm also planning to and don't oop, I just knocked that over. Never mind. <laughs> uh, don't don't quote me on this, but I'm also planning to record myself watching the final episode of Dragon Ball Super. So doing a, an actual reaction video. You guys have seen reaction videos all the time. Obviously, my plan is to sit down, watch the episode and, and do a reaction video of my first time watching it. OK, so I think that that's something that many of you guys would have liked to have seen a lot sooner, but it's always kind of weird because it, I don't know, it's, it's hard to do that kind of stuff. And like you mess around with copyright and all this other kind of shit. And it's just, I, I don't know. It's crazy, but I, 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 I'm going to try to do it. Okay. But I will let you guys know for sure, but that is something that you can most likely expect to be on the Patreon as well. Okay. So hopefully that is a big incentive for you guys that are still kind of on the fence to go over to the Patreon. Uh, if I don't get the numbers up by the, by the end of October, we're going to go ahead and close out the Patreon too. Okay. So all of you guys that are patrons right now, you can thank everyone who doesn't sign up <laughs> for it coming to an end if it comes to an end. Okay. So you guys go tell them to keep, you know, to come and sign up over patreon.com slash rock the dragon podcast. Okay, so anyway, with that being said, we've got a lot to talk about this episode, man. We're coming down to the very, very end, and certainly, I'm sure most of us expected a very explosive episode here because we we know that Goku just mastered Ultra Instinct, and we know that we have to. There's going to be a lot of interesting stuff that has to happen in a very short amount of time, considering there were only two episodes left, and now we've only got one left. So we're going to get into all this. We're going to break it down. Uh, of course, I have several emails here for this episode for our email segment called "What Are You Saying." Uh, you can send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. If you're someone who's been listening for a very long time and has never said anything, uh, now is pretty much your last opportunity. <laughs> you have one more episode to get an email in just saying whatever it is you want to say, uh, because that will be the final episode. So, yeah, take the opportunity. Rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I have a couple emails here. I'm going to read... Let's see, two of these? Yeah, I'm going to read two of these and before, and then I'll save the other ones until after because they pertain more so to the episode talk itself. So the first email I have here is from Jesus. Jesus, good to hear from you, man. It's been a while. Uh, let's see here. First thing, it says episode 130, and there's a big image here of what appears to be uh, a skinny Goku. Okay, which looks like Super Saiyan Guide Goku, except he has silver hair. And then at the bottom, there's a more Ultra Instinct version of Goku. And it says here, hey, Tim, how you doing? I'm going to send this long email because I know this episode, there are going to be very little things to talk about. What? <laughs> Why would you think that, Jesus? Very little things to talk about after this episode. Uh, back to the email. So I'm sending this image of Goku with the original design of Ultra Instinct by Akira Toriyama, which two or four episodes ago you asked to see Akira's design 
Fun fact, this design was the original design for Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan, which became Super Saiyan Blue, only because he was designing Zamazu and he thought that people would confuse power levels if he introduced this color if Zamasu also had white hair. So he changed it to blue and this form became Ultra Instinct instead. The other one in front is the one an artist made for a Xenoverse game. I'm glad now you understand why the Saiyans of Universe 6 were introduced the way they were introduced. That's why I defended them and when they were featured and you started to say I don't like that they did this with them. And I understand why you would say that in that moment. It's why, it's why I don't complain about new characters in the series until at least the end of the arc. I wait to see how they benefit the story. I am so glad you're enjoying this arc. I told you it gets better. Now I'm going to say that you asked in your last podcast that you don't like the dub calling the form Mastered Ultra Instinct. Well, I suggest you go back and watch the first time he faces Jiren and suggest you watch the subbed version because in that version, he doesn't acknowledge that he has achieved true Ultra Instinct. And when he faces Jiren in episode 129, that's when he achieved the true Ultra Instinct. So I guess something with the translation with the dubbed. Can't wait to hear more in these last two episodes. Hey Zeus. Okay. Hey Zeus, some of that is confusing. <laughs> okay. And I think I think I think you realize that. So that's why you sent a follow-up email here that says, Hey, just cleaning up my last email. I know I had a lot of typos. When I suggested you watch the sub version of Goku first transforming into Ultra Instinct against Jiren, I was trying to explain in the subbed version, Whis was explaining how he wasn't sure Goku achieved the actual form, and in the dubbed, they didn't translate it, and when he finally achieved the actual form, they called the true Ultra Instinct. That's why the transition to the dub, they didn't acknowledge that, that I have no idea why, also, keep a close eye on this episode because while fighting Jiren, you will see Goku do things with his techniques that you've never seen him do. Thanks for the time. <laughs> okay, Jesus, I appreciate that, man. Okay, yeah, your email's a little tough sometimes to get through with the uh, the typos and, and such. Uh, okay, so let's see. Uh, first thing is that, yeah, you sent an image of what the, the original design for Ultra Instinct looked like. Uh, and that's basically, if I'm looking at this correctly, that's basically like a Super Saiyan God Goku, except he has silver hair and silver eyes. And then you're saying that originally, originally, fun fact, is that this was going to be uh, the Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan transformation. Okay, which would I, which I guess would explain why he, he still kind of looks the same, right? Because if he, if he, if we, if we had Super Saiyan guy Goku, and then he went to the Super Saiyan form of that, maybe he'd still be skinny, and maybe his hair would still be the same style, maybe, but the color would just change. So is that what you're saying? Because I guess that would kind of make sense. But you were, they were worried that people would get him confused with Zamasu, because Zamasu also had white, silverish hair. So then they decided to make that transformation with blue hair okay if, if i'm understanding that correctly uh and you're also saying that um that's why you were you like the soup the universe six saiyans because of what okay sorry it's kind of hard to talk about this without giving context <laughs> okay i i assume you're talking about the moment where vegeta was doing his speech right and he was saying that oh us saiyans we've been you know shattering our limits for the past 48 minutes and then they show all of the Saiyans in the Tournament of Power, show Gohan and Kaba and 
kale and cauliflower and stuff like that. So you're saying that that's why you like them because they, it served the story. Well, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. And I, I, I admit it that it made for me, it made Vegeta's speech more valuable. But I still don't like any of that. <laughs> I mean, I don't. To me, that didn't serve the story as a whole. It served Vegeta's speech, which in that moment uh, got me pumped up. But overall, I still I still I'm still not happy with what most of they did with those Universe Six sayings. I mean, I don't I don't think that affected the story as a whole in any sort of a way. Um, it did once again bring more, you know, meaning to Vegeta's speech, but that's kind of all it did for me. I mean, it's interesting that you see it differently. Uh, let's see. Okay. And also you're talking about the comments about, uh, someone wrote in and, and, and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly who it was right now, but say they, they, they weren't a big, I think it might've been Andrew number two. Um, wasn't a big fan of calling mastered ultra instinct mastered ultra instinct and i and I, I i didn't have an opinion on it at all really at first until i read that email and i said okay you know what maybe maybe you're right maybe it is kind of weird because to me if ultra instinct is one thing then there's no need for it to have two different names right like maybe you know when he first accessed ultra instinct he just hadn't mastered it yet but it's still ultra instinct so what's the point of having a different name so you're saying that in the subbed version it was different there was there was some dialogue that was said by Weiss that makes it a lot more understandable why they decided to call them two different things. Right. So you're saying that in that version, he made some sort of a comment about Goku not actually accessing true Ultra Instinct. And they didn't really do that in a dub. Right. It was just more so like he hasn't mastered it yet. But you're saying that like in the subversion, Weiss actually said something about that that whatever he accessed first wasn't actual ultra instinct and now he's mastered actual ultra instinct which is why they decided to give them two different titles right if i'm understanding this correctly that's what you're saying but i mean you know since i only watch the english dub i can only kind of go based on what they say and i think that's just a problem that's just go that's a problem that they kind of need to fix right because i don't Personally, if I'm only watching the English dub, I don't want to have to go to the subbed version in order to understand something that's happening in the English version. I feel like that's something that they need to fix, right? Because there's probably all kinds of things that make more sense if we watch the sub. But the truth is that I shouldn't have to watch the sub. <laughs> like whatever they're doing needs to be translated properly and it needs to make sense for English and that's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's you know, it's just Funimation or Toei or whoever is kind of in control of, you know, sort of changing, making these these changes in translation and stuff like that. You know, it's one thing to sort of Americanize dialogue, but if there's something that's important to the story, then I feel like they need to be more careful about kind of keeping that stuff intact, right? Because there's a, there's also the whole thing. Someone told me that in in the in the sub they don't even call it autonomous ultra instinct. That they just call it Ultra Instinct. So why did the English dub add autonomous to it? Does anyone know the answer to that? I mean, it's just all kinds of crazy stuff like that. But anyway, Jesus, thanks for writing in. Um, appreciate hearing from you as always. Got one more here from Jayland. Let's see here. Okay. 
Well, I have two from Jalen, but we're going to read one now. And then the other one we're going to read after the episode. Jalen writes, it says androids and instinct. What up, Tim? It's been a while. I got behind in your episodes, but just got caught up. So I'm emailing you to inform you of the androids unlimited energy. Your theory was actually pretty right. They have a different source of energy. I've heard the word photon used as a description before, but I can't find any sources. But I think the series makes it clear that they don't use key. So I think it's fair that the writers don't show them giving off energy during the tournament. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for a second and just give some context just in case everyone is wondering what that is pertaining to. There was a question. Um, you know, I do so many of these. I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before about uh, I think Ricky sending an audio email and Ricky was saying, hey, you know, since we've got people giving each other energy in the tournament, i.e. Frieza gave Goku energy uh, and then Vegeta also Vegeta also gave Goku energy. Why didn't someone just say, hey, let's let's keep Android 17 and 18 kind of in the background and just let them supercharge everyone else with energy? My theory was that because they were androids, their key does not work the same way as regular biological organic beings. And basically what you're saying here is that Jalen, you agree with that. You think that that's why it is because they're they have a different source of energy. That's not key. Right. OK, cool. All right, let's see. Uh, your next paragraph says, also, I am a huge fan of the look of the regular version of Ultra Instinct, but I think Mastered is just boring. It's like Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Red, but palette swapped Mortal Kombat style into white. And yes, there are two different forms. Dragon Ball Heroes has indeed solidified that concept. Let me tell you, man, I know I may be in the minority, but I don't think Dragon Ball needs any more transformations, at least until they explain the ones they currently have. I still don't know why Kale turns legendary Super Saiyan and what Trunks' Super Saiyan rage even is and why Mystic Gohan is a separate form instead of just Gohan's base. Thanks for reading this email, and it sucks to see the podcast come to an end. I was really thinking Super would be back by now. I will probably send another email for next week, so until then, stay toasty, Jay. Jalen, good to hear from you, man. It's uh, so, okay. You know, I know, pe- I know every- people get behind on the podcast. <laughs> I know it's hard for me to keep up. You know, it's hard for me to come sit down every week and find time to not to watch Dragon Ball the episode three different times and then sit down for an hour and talk about it every week. So I can only imagine, you know, I know it's hard for you guys to, 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 to listen to every single episode, every single week on time, etc. Cause life gets in the way, but that's okay, man. You found your way back. You're here. You've been here for a long time. All good. So you don't like the way, the way, uh, mastered ultra instinct looks. Okay, well, I think this kind of actually ties into Jesus's email when he sent in the photo. He's saying because you're saying that it looks like they literally just took Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan and palette swapped it. Well, that may kind of be true based on what I just learned from Jesus is that, you know, that original idea for Ultra Instinct was basically just a white haired Super Saiyan God. Uh, so maybe that's why they look so similar. But. I, I don't know. I, I, I really like it. I like I like Ultra Instinct. I like Mastered Ultra Instinct. I thought I think they look awesome. Um, you say it looks like palette swap with Super Saiyan God. But I mean, Goku is his regular size when he's Ultra Instinct, too. You know, he's not he's not skinny 
like he is in Super Saiyan God. So there is the difference there. And his hair also has a little bit of a flare to it. You know, those those spikes in his hair aren't just pointy They They have a little bit of a curl, a little bit of a roughness, a little wildness to it, I think. So, I mean, yeah, I get it, though. <laughs> you say you don't think Dragon Ball needs any more transformations. Well, oh, man. You know, it's it's we'll probably talk more about this in episode 131 because I'll probably do a little segment where I just kind of talk about my hopes for Super if it returns, which I know it's kind of weird to even talk about that because the manga is still going. Right. So anyone who reads the manga already kind of knows what happens after all this. But the anime wouldn't necessarily have to follow that either. But I don't I haven't read the manga, so I'll probably just give some theories or maybe some hopes for things that I would hope to kind of see. But just a short version of that is I, as I do think they need to tone down the transformations, too. I mean, it's, it's just very tricky, though, because transformations are a very important part of Dragon Ball. Right. I mean, Dragon Ball Z for sure. You know, Dragon Dragon Ball it didn't really matter. <laughs> but Dragon Ball Z, everybody started transforming into shit. So. I think it'd be hard to see a series where they don't do that, but maybe they need to tone it down or find a unique and creative way to do it. And I think Ultra Instinct is a pretty good example of that because it's not just another transformation. It's a technique. I mean, that's kind of what we've kind of started to look at that as. And I think more developments like that could be cool. Because how many times are we going to see Goku change his hair color, right? I mean, yeah, you're right. That would get old after a while. <laughs> and it kind of has in a way, you know, because, I mean, it's just interesting watching him go from Super Saiyan 1 to Super Saiyan 2 or Advanced Super Saiyan or and then Super Saiyan 3 and then going to Super Saiyan God and Super Saiyan Blue and then and Ultra Instinct. This was all he, he did every single transformation at some point in the Tournament of Power. <laughs> okay and that is a lot you know so i i get it they probably do need to calm down with it and i i agree you know they they need to do a better job at explaining some of the ones that they already have like you said there's no real good explanation or any at all as to why kale turned legendary super saiyan is that just something that she just does i guess i mean i don't <laughs> it's 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 tricky though because if you dove into every character's background in the tournament of power, then we would have never gotten through the series. Right. So they can't tell everyone's backstory. But with as much attention as they gave those universe six Saiyans, I wouldn't have mind them kind of flashing back to their time on Sadala and kind of seeing how this began like they did with Jiren. I mean, they took a quick 30 seconds and gave us a backstory on Jiren. They could have done that with Kale and Kalifla, too. Yeah, and Trunks' Super Saiyan Rage thing was kind of weird. And I mean, I, you, you mentioned Mystic Gohan here. You said you don't understand why Mystic Gohan is a separate form instead of just Gohan's base. Um, I don't know. I think that one to me has probably been the best explained one out of all these. Um, I mean, obviously, Mystic Gohan's power came from that sword, right? He pulled the sword out of the rock and he got the powers from Supreme Kai, Elder Kai when he freed him or whatever, right? It's something like that. <laughs> okay. Um, and no, it's not the best explanation, but we at least saw the process. We saw what went into it and we kind of know how it happened. Now, the idea was, is that 
if I'm remembering correctly, when you turn Super Saiyan, that ter- that uses up a certain amount of power just to make that transformation. So what Mystic Gohan, Ultimate Gohan was able to do was achieve a level of power without losing any by going through that transformation. Right. That And that's why he looks the exact same. That's why he's, you know, I mean, his, I think he has a little hair that comes down over his forehead <laughs> whenever he goes to Ultimate Gohan. But the idea is, is that he's not he's not wasting the power that is that is sort of necessary to transform into Super Saiyan. He's just able to increase his power level without doing that. So that makes this sort of an ultimate version of himself. Right. I think something like that. Now, of course, if I'm wrong, well, then I'm wrong. I'm sure someone will point that out to me. I'm not <laughs> I'm not fact checking this. I'm not reading wiki pages and shit. I'm just I'm trying to go off my memory and what I understand about the powers and the transformation and stuff. So if, it, if it's incorrect, sorry. But I think, you know, I think it's, it's something along those lines. All right. So uh, we're going to return to uh, what are you saying in, uh, you know, very shortly after we get through the episode talk. So we're going to switch over that right now. So, of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon Podcast, episode 130, 130, uh, is going to cover (laughs) episode 130, 130 of Dragon Ball Super, titled The Greatest Showdown of All Time, The Ultimate Survival Battle. And man, that is a bold statement, Dragon Ball Super. (laughs) Titling your episode The Greatest Showdown of All Time is pretty bold. Okay? And and, and don't get me wrong. This episode was incredible. But of all time, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that'd be something we talk about later on the Patreon. You know? Maybe I'll come and do a podcast episode for for the Patreon podcast where we compare every major fight in Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super and just kind of rank them all because I don't I don't feel like this is the greatest one of all time. (laughs) Okay, not I mean, it's pretty good, though. It's pretty good. Anyway, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, So, yeah. So, of course, you know, we are basically getting episode here. We we know that Goku just mastered ultra instinct so i'm expecting you know i was going i'm going into this episode expecting to see his new abilities and see exactly what this means now that it's been mastered right so it starts off with him just basically standing up there and saying all right jiren the real fight starts now and we don't you don't actually get to hear goku doesn't talk a lot in this form that's something that we've noticed i think right when he's going ultra instinct he just becomes very silent and that could just be a part of the, the technique you know, talking is sort of a distraction and maybe he doesn't he needs to focus or he needs to allow his body to be able to sort of respond to everything on his own. And maybe talking is sort of a distraction. So we don't get we don't hear him talk a lot. But in this moment, he does actually say something. So we get a little commentary from some of these the um, deities on the sideline. And then Goku just kind of does a super fast. He rushes by Jiren and cut and just slices him on his cheek. Ooh. And then they say the speed of complete Ultra Instinct is incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we've, we've been watching Jiren fight this whole time and no one's been able to really land a solid lick on this dude. And Goku just ran by and sliced him on his face 
<laughs> like it was nothing. So if this gives you any idea of Master Ultra Instinct, this is what we have to look forward to. Okay, so then they start just kind of going at each other, super speed fighting here. Get to a point where Jiren charges up a blast, and then Goku just sort of nullifies it with his own blast. Um. Oh man, and some of these shots, some of these shots of just Goku just close up with Ultra Instinct with the aura and the eyes and everything. It's just to me, it's just some of the best aesthetically sort of stuff they've done so far. And then we get a quick little shot where he's just kind of putting the mix on Jiren. He's going in, he's landing some licks. You can see Jiren becoming more frustrated throughout this fight because for someone who's used to just whooping ass all the time and not having, you know, any real threats they're going to start to freak out after a while and we'll see a really major example of that later on but it kind of reminds me of frieza right because for so long for no no one could challenge frieza you know he's just super strong and could just whoop anybody and he couldn't do anything and the second you meet someone who's challenging that power all of a sudden you start to become like a little you know like a little <laughs> a little like throwing a temper tantrum and stuff and you can just kind of watch jiren start to slowly unravel because this guy was the most cool calm collected and quiet character in the entire tournament but he's yelling and he's talking a lot more so we can see him starting to kind of get uh, broken down here there's a point where he tries to land a punch on goku he pretty much just deflects that thing um Ooh, and then Goku gets him with a really big punch in the gut. One of those punches where they show the hand come out through the back. <laughs> and he kind of knocks him into a mountain. And then Krillin says, after all this struggling with Jiren, now he has the upper hand. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's just that describes a lot of the fights in this world. So Goku's kind of chilling for a second, waiting for the dust to clear. Uh, ooh, looking badass standing there like that. Whew. And then, of course, Jiren's not done, though. The entire mountain explodes, but he's under there and he's winded. And now we're starting to see a little bit of dirt on Jiren. Remember, this dude was walking around pretty much, <laughs> you know, spotless this whole time, with the exception of that, you know, he's, he still has that hole in the back of his shirt for where Android 17 got him. But everyone is watching. He's gritting his teeth. He's saying, It's not possible. I cannot lose. I won't accept defeat. Right. We've seen this before. We've seen these these guys that they just thought that they just were invincible. And all of a sudden they're starting to find out, hey, you know what? You're not. And we get a really cool shot of a close up of Jiren's eye where we see Goku in the reflection. And Jiren's just kind of reflecting upon what brought him here. He's saying, if I lose this, I'll lose everything just like I did before. So we're seeing sort of like flashbacks through his eye. Of, remember, we got a little bit of Jiren's backstory. He lost his family. He lost all of his friends, etc. Um, he says, I absolutely refuse to go through that again. Okay, now he's being driven in a way by that, um, which we've seen characters sort of use that as a, as a bit of a motivation for powers and transformations and stuff like that. And honestly, it's probably one of the strongest triggers that they have. So that triggers Jiren in this moment. He powers up and he unleashes this massive wave of fiery energy here. And it's hitting everybody. Okay. Even everybody in the bleachers. Okay. And his shirt comes off. And now we got super buff Jiren. Okay. Dude is just freaking swelling up on us right now. 
And I think it's very interesting that his power, when, when he powers up, you know, it's like fire. And, and then because once he kind of does this thing, there's fire everywhere. This, you know, the, the ring is now in flames. OK, I think that that's very telling about his power and the source of his power and the way that it works. It comes from a, a very sort of deep area of rage and, and just sort of uh, anger, you know, because I mean, usually that kind of stuff manifests a certain way through their aura right it's not always a coincidence that the auras are certain colors and things like that they they kind of manifest based on a lot of different things and they say here Vegeta says it seems the prospect of losing uh, made him relive all the trauma of his past and then Gohan says Jiren needed that to finally release his hidden power so now we've essentially got a fully powered up Jiren okay from what we're they had to understand here, and it just looks like they're standing in hell, right? <laughs> it's like they're standing in hell, and it's just everything's on fire. You know, the mountains are on fire, the Jiren's on fire, Goku's on fire, and then they just kind of rush in at each other, and we get a quick sort of barrage of attacks. And they end up coming to this clash, and then Goku gets knocked backwards, and Jiren just kind of unleashes a bunch of attacks Adam all of a sudden but he's dodging because he's got Ultra Instinct mastered at this point we get a energy wave battle Kamehameha versus whatever this attack is that Jiren calls it and they're just kind of going at it here Jiren appears to get the upper hand here and uh, basically there's a massive explosion and Jiren's kind of standing there and you know his I guess in this moment his 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 energy wave won and there's a massive sort of explosion going on where, where Goku stands and uh, yeah but we know he's not done okay the smoke comes up everybody you know we go to the bleachers everyone's kind of standing there just kind of waiting to see what happens but then we see the smoke start to swirl and then we see a glimmer in the sky and then it's Goku flying back towards Jiren and then he starts going at it again and we get a quick like sort of series of moments here where, you know, Jiren's actually doing pretty well here. He, he gets he gets Goku with a couple of really good shots, a couple of really good blasts. And uh, when the smoke clears, Goku's actually kind of laid out. He's in the dirt and we're just kind of wondering, oh, what? And he mastered Ultra Instinct. But what 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 does this mean now? Because he's he's laying there and his hair, the color of his hair is still different, but his aura has disappeared. And we know that that's not a good sign with these characters. So we go to the sideline and this is where we start getting his friends kind of chiming in here. Krillin is saying like, you know, like every time we've been down, you've managed to find a way to to to, to get back on top and everything. He's just trying to scream and motivate him. Dig deep, dig deep. Uh, and then he gets up. OK, it's a little bit of a struggle, <laughs> but he gets up and Jiren is standing there just like with his mouth hanging open. Like how? How he says he can't have any strength left. This shouldn't be happening. And he says, how do you stand up, you know, after falling so many times? How do you answer me, Goku? And he says, because of Vegeta and 17 and all the others that have gave everything so I could keep going. So if I do quit, I betray that trust and I refuse to let them all down. Now, it's an, it's through these sort of comments. OK. Because then Jiren says, your ideals mean nothing in the face of my power. Because we have to sort of remember here that, that Jiren's motivations are a little bit different. 
right? They've sort of established Jiren as being sort of a loner, okay? Because there were a couple moments where we, we would even see Top, and Top, someone would say something about Jiren wanting to be to himself or whatever, and then Top would, they would show Top, and Top would look like he was a little bit sad about it. <laughs> because obviously, we've learned about Jiren that, you know, he, he doesn't want family or friends anymore at this point like he every time he starts to trust somebody they get killed they get taken away from him etc so his his only solace from this point on has just been becoming stronger so to find out that the person that he is fighting against is getting his motivation and power from his family and friends the very thing that jiren has sort of you know excommunicated from his existence it's just it's a nice sort of you know dichotomy there okay it, it I, I wish they would have done more to explore all of this because some of it just doesn't it doesn't carry as much weight as i think it would have otherwise but you know it it's just kind of cool to be a big knowledge that okay at least they're trying to have some sort of you know character development and sort of story elements you know in here as well to where it's not just two strong people fighting right so then they sort of solidify that even more by going back to the, the bleachers and Piccolo saying that he fights for us all. That's the difference here, you know, and then we get a really cool shot of Roshi where they're, they're kind of showing his sunshades and they're showing Goku and Jiren rushing at each other. And he's just kind of talking about, you know, Goku's life and all the friends that he's made, and all the adversaries and how they've just brought the best out of him in a lot of different ways and he's brought the best out of them and inspiring him and pushing him forward and he doesn't think for one second that he's got this far on his own once again they're kind of elaborating on this just to show the difference between goku's power and jiren's power okay and then they do this really cool flashback sort of scene where we see footage from the the other shows the older shows and um there's this really cool animation going on in the background with the red and the blue fighting while it's going on. I mean, it's just it's just glorious, <laughs> just glorious. But you notice that when they're talking about Jiren in this way, they keep cutting the top. Right. Because and I, I don't think it's a coincidence. Top top. The look on top's face is kind of solidifying everything that they're saying here, because it seems like top was disappointed. It, you know, if, I, if I had to sort of create a backstory of the relationship between Top and Jiren. I would say that Top has always wanted to have a close friendship with Jiren, but Jiren never really wanted it because he doesn't, you know, he just kind of wants to fight for himself and just kind of go for power, which doesn't really add up with the fact that he joined a team called the Pride Troopers. Like why, <laughs> why did he join any team if that's the way he feels, right? But I don't know. I think that I think there's a story there and I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I almost wish they would do like a little spinoff movie or something where they just kind of show, you know, Universe 11 and the pride troopers and how top got to where he is. We see more about Jiren, learn about Dispo, how the pride troopers were formed to begin with. I think that could be an, an interesting uh, little special or something. Anyway, back to the fight. So Jiren gets a pretty good lick in on Goku um, Goku unleashes this really cool barrage of attacks where it's almost like he's, you know, punch, you know, his abilities are starting to look more and more like the, the abilities that Jiren was showing when he first started really unleashing his power. So, and then he charges at him, gets him with a really good punch, knocks Jiren all the way back into a mountain. 
Okay. We have not seen this happen. <laughs> and then Goku says, this is our power, Jiren. Okay, which is kind of weird dialogue, I think, to say this is our power. But I, I guess by that he means, you know, it's a, it's not just him. It's a it's a team. It's University 11, 7. Uh, it's, you know, it's all of his family and friends. You know, he's not fighting alone here. And it, the, But the main reason why they did this is to trigger what happens next. Okay, because Jiren says to hell with your friendship, to hell with your trust. Putting faith in such things would mean denying all that I've witnessed in my life up until now. I know better than to believe in that kind of so-called strength. I know how easily it's ripped away. And then he powers up and he says, I'll show you. And then he launches a blast into the bleachers section. <laughs> he launches a blast at the bleachers. Now, this is this is the reason why I love this moment so much is because, once again, we're talking about the dichotomy here between Goku and Jiren and both of their origins to where they've came to this point with their power. And they've done a really good job of showing the dynamics between the two. OK, and, and showing how they're different. So if Goku's saying in this moment that it's our power, that means he's speaking. It's, it's me. It's all of us. It's not just, you know. It's not just me. Jiren's saying, no, I know what that leads to. I've seen how that can be ripped away from you because remember, he lost all of his friends and family. He doesn't have them anymore. So he's saying, I can show you how easily it is to be ripped away the way it was ripped away from me. So then he launches that blast into the freaking bleachers and we see every person just kind of standing there with their mouths hanging open. And at the last possible second, Goku shoots over there and deflects that blast. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, holy shit, I can't believe Jiren just did that. Right. But even more so, I thought it very interesting that the, the Grand Minister and Grand Zenos didn't have anything to say about that. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like he should have been eliminated just for doing that. Right. Like you can't attack the people that are been eliminated already. But. They didn't even we didn't even see Grand Zeno this episode at all. Neither we didn't see them. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Did anyone else find it weird that there was no sort of comment by them on Jiren doing that? Because, I mean, the second that Frost tried to attack, Frost was eliminated and he was trying to attack people that were still in the tournament. He got wiped out immediately by the Grand Zenos. Jiren basically did the same thing. It's just like flipped, right? <laughs> so why is it okay in this moment honestly if they were to cut to the grand zenos they probably say it is allowed very allowed like they probably just be cool with it because they're thinking well you know what it's a good fight like at this point they don't want to eliminate jiren because they're being so entertained by what they're seeing so maybe you know <laughs> maybe that's why they didn't address it but i thought it very strange but hey more importantly it pissed goku off Oh, it pissed him off. And then we get a shot of this rock. I want you guys to go back and watch this rock. Right after that happens, they show a close-up of Jiren saying something and Goku saying something. And then he says, just like that rock. And then we see sort of the remnants of the ring that is left over. And it just looks like a Reese's Pieces cup, peanut butter cup that someone took a bite out of. I mean, I'll never, <laughs> I can't, I'll never, I can never unsee that. I'll probably share that screenshot on Facebook, actually. <laughs> and, and now I want a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. So thanks for that. 
This episode of Dragon Ball Super is sponsored by Reese's. Uh, anyway, Goku says, The truth is, I ain't no hero of justice or anything else like that. But to anyone who tries to hurt my friends, it's gonna pay. Ooh, ooh, man. And he gets pissed and he powers up and he just launches himself at Jiren. And we get this beautiful, beautiful couple of shots here. You know, they did this. They did something very similar to this back whenever Goku was fighting Frieza. Remember that? And I mean, not not, you know, when after Frieza was brought back to life or whatever, they kind of fought a little bit. Uh, and then and we saw some really cool shots like this where they were just kind of. I don't even know how to explain it. I'll have to share. You know what? I'm sharing two screenshots from this episode because this shit looks awesome. He punches Jaren in the face and just the way they show it and the way it's animated just looks great. Uh, and from this point, it's basically, you know, Jaren freaking the hell out and Goku just unleashing on his ass because it's like, man, you crossed the line. You know, you literally just tried to kill a bunch of innocent people because you got mad and want to prove a point and like nothing pisses Goku off more than that we cut to the side we see Vegeta getting pumped up over there shirtless it's like now's the time Kakarot do it oh man it's just it just looks great it looks so great man this this animation here this is like I feel like a lot of this stuff is like movie level quality like they brought they brought it with this episode with the animation of course you have to this cannot be one of those episodes when the animation is not that great like you can't you can't have this fight not look great and it just looks incredible Goku puts the mix on him hits him with a really big Kamehameha pushes him all the way back and this isn't one of those you know moments that we would have thought it would have been where the dust settles and Jiren's just kind of standing there irritated he's laid out he's laid out he is he is obviously down he is obviously you know on the losing end of this thing at this point he's saying what's the matter Goku why don't you finish me you know Goku's saying that you have to admit what I've been saying is true right you understand don't you and he's like don't waste time trying to preach to me you know just go ahead and throw me off the edge but we know it can't be that simple they have to talk (laughs) Beerus is like what are you waiting for man hurry up Goku knock his ass out and for some reason, you know, they're taking their time because we at this point, you kind of know something's going to happen because it's just set up that way. It's suspenseful. Goku walks up slowly. He stands there. He's charging up this beam instead of just kicking Jiren out of the ring. You know, he's charging up this. He's charging up something, but they're building suspense here. And then right when he's about to hit him with it, the screen goes black and red they just do this really cool thing with the animation where it's just like the outlines of each shot. Um, just sort of like this negative sort of thing, but you know, it's it's all in red. And we don't know exactly what's going on here, but obviously something just happened to Goku. He falls over. Now, when I first saw this, I assumed that somebody attacked him or something because I'm thinking, you know, I knew for a fact that Frieza was still a part of this battle because he he was never eliminated okay so i was thinking what did frieza hit him like what the hell happened because the way it was animated it almost looked like he got hit by something it almost looked like he had blood shooting out of his back or something but you know once they go back to the regular sort of style we find out from Weiss. he says the divine power 
beyond his own limits. I didn't know it was taking such a toll on his body. So all of this power that Goku is summoning here, you know, between the Super Saiyan God and the Super Saiyan Blue and the Ultra Instinct, all of this stuff is stuff that's not necessarily meant for mortals, okay? He's been accessing this power and apparently it took so much of a toll on his body that in this moment, of course, this convenient moment, it decides to sort of freak the hell out on him, okay? So Belmont is like, Jiren, throw him out. Did you come all this way to lose? Jiren's obviously conflicted on it, you know, because at the end of the day, I, I, I would venture to guess that Jiren is still a pretty honorable fighter who respects power, right? Even though he tried to do some dirty shit a second ago, <laughs> he's still like, I don't, I don't think there's a part of him that wants to just be like, oh man, I, you know, he's probably like, I lost this fight. I lost. And now this is how I have to win. I have to win because Goku has some sort of a weird, you know, malfunction at the last second. But at the same time, you know, he's trying to do what he's got to do. Especially because he's got his, you know, destroyer guide on his back. He says, you can claim a suit for Dragon Balls and make your wish. So he kind of gets up and he just kind of gathers himself. And meanwhile, Goku's kind of sitting there steaming. He's powering down. Obviously, the, the Ultra Instinct Master took a massive toll on his body. He's weakened enough in this moment. And instead of just knocking him out the way Goku didn't just knock him out, <laughs> he's got to stand there and talk and charge up a blast. Uh, but he does kind of say, you know, he says, I respect you. He says, you know, I respect your power. You shall live forever in my memory, you know, and so he respects the the fact that he was able to do as much that he did. And instead of just throwing him over the edge, he actually blasts a hole through the bottom of the ring. And we see Goku just start flying out in the, in the null realm. Um, and I'm thinking in this moment, what the hell? So Goku's just going out like this, like what is going on out of nowhere? <laughs> OK, comes on a blast that hits Goku. And knocks him back safely on one of the floating pieces of ring. So he's not out. And then we go down and we show, we see Frieza. Okay. Remember I said this on the last episode. I said Frieza's still in there. It's a matter of time before he pops back up and does something to change the tides of this thing. And here it is in this moment. Not only is he back, he's in his golden form. And then, lo and freaking behold, here comes Android 17. He's not done. And this is something that I said a few episodes back too. I said something about the way he went out just didn't seem right. So I wasn't 100% convinced that he was dead. Because, you know, normally if somebody's dead or something like that, you'll see it. They'll show it. You'll, you'll see remnants of their clothing left behind. You'll see dust, something. But the fact that they, you can't sense his power anyway, to me, always meant that he could still be alive. Because with a lot of these other characters, you know, once they're dead, you're like, I, I can't sense his power level anymore. I can't sense his energy or whatever. But with them, you know, the androids, you wouldn't be able to do that anyway. So it's like, sure enough, he's here. He says, you know, I wasn't sure I was going to survive either. It was a gamble. I guess I got lucky. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Belmont is like, Jerry, get rid of the man. You're almost out of time. You got to do it. Because at this point, Goku's still in there, Android 17, and Frieza. So they've got the numbers, you know. So if they can just run down the clock at this point, they can win this thing. And then we get a pretty cool shot. Android 17 says Goku's looking pretty useless now. 
Um, we're going to have to handle this ourselves. Frieza says, yes, obviously. And then he powers up. And we've got Frieza in 17 powering up, squaring off against Jiren. We go over to Goku. He is shaking. He's shivering on a rock. It's like, damn, Goku, man, you got so close, man. Whew, I don't know, man. I don't know how this is going to end at this point. I knew Frieza was going to pop back up. I had a feeling 17 was going to resurface, but obviously I didn't know that. But, whew, man, who knows? We got one more episode left to close this thing out. What do you guys think about that? What are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. This will basically be your last opportunity to send me an email. Okay, I mean, yeah, you can still send them <laughs> after 131, but there won't be any episodes to read them on. Which, hmm, I don't know. Maybe I should. I might have to. I may have to come back and do one. i tell you what. i tell you what. i tell you what I will do. Because after, after the final episode airs, and I'm just now thinking about this for some reason. After 131 airs, it stands to reason some of you guys may want to give me your opinions on that, right? <laughs> so maybe I could come back with one more episode just reading emails. If you guys want to do that, if I get emails, if I get enough emails, if I get one or two emails, I probably won't come back for a whole episode just to read two emails. But if I get a few, maybe I will. That's something that we'll we'll just consider. OK, we'll consider that. And I'll remind you guys at the beginning of episode 131 of the podcast about that. So if you do have any opinions on the final episode, we, I may be able to come back for one more episode just to read your emails and talk about it. OK. Anyway. Ooh. anyway, with that being said, let's jump back over to what are you saying? OK, once again, rock the dragon podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, I have an email here from Evan. Evan, always good to hear from you, man, says here. What are you saying? You know, it's a serious fight when everyone flexes their shirts off. Hi, Tim. Wow, I think this is the greatest fight in the history of Dragon Ball. It is so dynamic with rapid changes from power ups, allies entering and exiting the fight and the high pressure stakes of a ticking timer. Enough cannot be said about how excellent this episode was. It seamlessly blended multiple art styles, including that beautiful flashback sequence of the Universe 7 team while the red and blue shapes continued fighting in the foreground, and the use of eyes, both Jiren's and Master Roshi's, to showcase motivations and memories. Not to be forgotten was the painfully beautiful sequence of Goku's body convulsing in electrical agony as divine energy tore through his form. Another outstanding element was the stunning depiction of auras. The autonomous Ultra Instinct shading has always been phenomenal, but the animators really took it up another level in this episode. Jiren's power also looked incredible, and I love the fiery texture they used to portray his rage-filled, explosive energy. The juxtaposition of the two colors was masterful in its deployment. I really hope this show returns in the future because the back half of DBS, most notably the Tournament of Power, has been an absolute joy to watch. This episode may have been the best of the entire Dragon Ball series. We've come a long way from Emperor Pilaf and Jocko, the intergalactic patrolman. It's time to push through your limits and record your best podcast finale yet. Keep on rocking the dragon, Evan. Evan, wow, man, you really have a way with words there. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very good and creative and sort of 
yeah, I like I I really like this. I feel like you need to submit this review to some sort of official Dragon Ball something because it's <laughs> you talk about how excellent and beautiful the episode was, and I say that about your email. It's just very well put together, but they always are. Uh, yeah, I mean I agree with everything you said. I mean it, it looked beautiful, looked incredible. I mean you know the art was incredible here. That the 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 way they used uh, the colors here. Was, was very awesome. Like I said, with Jiren powering up and his his aura and energy literally, you know, sort of representing fire. It's just something very creative, you know. Uh, and I said it looked like they were in hell in some of those shots, <laughs> you know, and we've seen actual hell on this show and it doesn't look like that. Um. But yeah, everything from the right, the, sh the showcasing of the motivations and memories through Master Roshi's eyes and Jiren's eyes. It's a lot of symbolism here. They do a lot. They play around with a lot of sort of uh, motifs and things like that here. I'm sure there's a lot. Of, you know, I'm not used to even being able to analyze an episode of Dragon Ball on this level, but I feel like they did a great job here with creating different layers uh, of story. You know, like I talked about the dichotomy between Goku and Jiren's backstories and everything and how that came to play here. It even manifested itself physically in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah, so agreed. And uh, yeah, I hope the show returns. I'm sure we'll talk more about this on the next episode, obviously, because the Tournament of Power has really shown what they can do successfully um, as far as changing things up. OK, because it, it's easy to kind of go back to the same formula where someone comes to Earth and then they have to stop them. And then someone comes to Earth and then they have to stop them. And it's some old, you know, it's an android or it's some weird creature that's been buried on Earth for 3000 years or, you know, something like that. Or it's Frieza. But with the Tournament of Power, they said, we're going to flip this thing. You know, tournaments are nothing new in Dragon Ball, but something like this certainly was a very interesting way to kind of switch things up. OK, because it didn't become about defeating a villain. It was just about this is a tournament. We get to see all of the main characters fight in this battle. And it's different because these people aren't necessarily bad guys. Right. Jiren isn't necessarily a bad guy. So and remember, at the start of this thing, they were viewing Goku to be a bad guy, which they kind of. They kind of dropped that after a while. They kind of left that. I was hoping they would have done more with that. Because remember, everyone was starting to view Goku as a villain because he was the one that kind of sparked the Tournament of Power. It was it was like because of him and, and his, you know, all this, all of his stuff with with Grand Zeno that kind of started all this. And they were sort of viewing him as a villain. But they kind of I well, I mean, they kind of abandoned that because, well, everyone else got eliminated. I guess there's no one around to talk about it anymore. <laughs> so, but kudos to the Tournament of Power. Absolutely. And beautiful, you know, there's some things that I kind of wish would have happened differently. And I'll probably, once again, you know, 131, we'll talk more about that kind of stuff. But uh, agreed. And we have certainly come a long way from Emperor Pilaf ugh, gag and Jaco gag. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's go to author now. Author wrote in. Uh, author says here he's hulking out. Author writes, what's up, Tim? First of all, in case I don't get to write in for the final episode, I'd like to say that it's been great to hear and be a part of your podcast that I happen to find on accident. 
I got a new job not too long ago with hours that are hard to get uh, used to, and it's been hard to write in because of it, but it's still easy to write in on the Patreon. Guys, you gotta join in on the Patreon. I don't want to be the only one writing in. But with that being said, great podcast, Tim, and we'll miss you. As for this episode, Jiren is hulking out. To me, it always seems as though he's holding back to keep from killing. When I wasn't able to watch the English dub, I used to read some episode reviews here and there on IGN when they were reviewed the sub episodes, and since I didn't read all of them, I didn't, igno- I didn't exactly know the context of what was going on. I read the final episode review those many months ago, even though I don't remember the results. I remembered Android 17 and Frieza being there, and that's why I asked you a question before about who else could win. We both will find out. We're almost to the end. P.S. Sorry for the long email, author. Arthur, thanks so much for writing in, man. Uh, yeah, this email is not long. It's not. <laughs> I've had much longer than this. Thank you, Arthur. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to I'm going to repeat what Arthur says here. Guys, you got to join in on the Patreon. I don't want to be the only one writing in. OK, that's author's words, not mine. OK, come and join the Patreon. Join author because I do have a few patrons there, but author's the only one that's really kind of commenting on the things that I put up and I want you guys to comment on it because I'm making it for you. I want to know what you think about it. I want to know your opinions on it. I want to, you know, it's that it's just that it's a different sort of relationship we can have over on the Patreon because I assume that the people on my Patreon that are my biggest fans, right? That's why you guys are willing to actually pay money to to be there. So it's it's like you get an exclusive sort of you know, access to me in a different way that most people who listen to the podcast just won't get, you know, because right now the community over there is very small. So we can talk, you know, about anything you guys, you know, I, you don't even have to wait on me. I think there's a way to go in there and start new conversations and stuff like that. And maybe I need to be a little bit better about that. But that's something that I'm working on. I'm trying to get more people over there. I'm trying to get it more exciting. I want a community where we can talk about Dragon Ball and you guys can share the content and we can talk about the content and et cetera. So first of all, Arthur, thank you so much for being a patron over there and always commenting on and on the content. Uh, yeah, man. Jiren definitely hulked out this episode, right? <laughs> he definitely buffed the hell up and, and, and got pissed and turned into, you know, the incredible Jiren on us. Um, and you says it always seems like as though he's holding back to keep from killing. Interesting. Interesting. I don't think I've ever really gotten that impression, but they've definitely they've definitely been some little peeks into maybe a darker side of Jiren, right? Because just he he's obviously a good guy but he's obviously had some darkness to him right he seems like if he i mean we saw what he did like he he tried to wipe out everybody in the bleachers which i don't know if he could have done that you know because i mean there's a lot of destroyer gods up there and those guys are powerful as hell (laughs) but yeah we definitely saw a dark side of him there so you know they could be a very interesting story with jiren as someone who tries to fight his dark past and tries to do well, but the power just kind of drives him insane. Right. You know, so there's just a lot of stuff that they could do with that character. And, you know, his, once again, his backstory, the little bit of it that we learned was not the most impressive, but they could do a lot more with that. If they ever decided to sort of follow up on it. Um, 
And yeah, you were talking about Android 17 and Frieza being there and how you, you kind of knew what was going to happen because you read some episodes, summaries and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I definitely knew Frieza was still around uh, and I had a feeling Android 17 wasn't going for good. So uh, it's kind of cool to see that I was kind of right in those ways. But yeah, we're going to find out. We're going to find out exactly what happens here, how this is going to end. Um, you know, right now, Universe 7 has three people. Universe 11 has one. But that one is still Jiren. And Goku seems to be pretty much out of it right now. So who knows? Maybe it'll come down to the clock running out. Because <laughs> it'd be hard for me to envision them winning this. Because we know that 17 and Freezer are not strong enough to beat Jiren. But we'll see what happens. Arthur, thank you so much for writing in, man. And thanks for the Patreon support, as always. Um, we're going to go back to Jalen. Jalen writes and says, Jiren, hey, I'm back again. I just wanted to give my take on Jiren the Grey. I think he's kind of a wasted character in two specific ways. First, in being the threat to unleash Ultra Instinct. The main factor of Ultra Instinct is autonomous movement. Pretty much the only technique slash transformation in the series that isn't about multiplying power. So why is the foil for Ultra Instinct the quote-unquote epitome of power, Jiren. It makes more sense to have a character who is, is incredibly fast so that Goku doesn't have time to think about blocking and dodging and then have him unleash UI in order to keep up. To be quite honest, Dispo is a better person to unlock Ultra Instinct than Jiren conceptually. Second, being his character. I think you and I are in the same boat about the quality of Jiren's backstory. It's not great. But I think the point was to show Jiren wants to gain power so he can never feel the sorrow of loss again. And those feelings of loss simultaneously make him afraid to get close with anyone. So what's his wish? To gain more power because he thinks power is the only truth in life? That's cool, but he's already the strongest person in his universe. What's he going to do after wishing for more power? Train more and keep getting stronger? He doesn't have a real motivation. Jiren is a pool that's water is just dark enough to hide its shallow floor. Thanks for reading this, Tim. I feel bad for taking so long to send in an email after listening to that stretch of episodes without any emails. I'm sorry I wasn't keeping up with your uploads, man. I hope you can forgive me. Jay, Jay, I forgive you, man. Absolutely. Anyone that listens to the podcast, hey, I, people drop out because for whatever reasons, we all have our lives. You know, as the person who does the podcast, it's a struggle for me to even do it right <laughs> so i get it you are forgiven okay let's talk about your opinions on jiren here you say you think he's kind of a wasted character the first one being that he is sort of the catalyst for ultra instinct being released because you feel that since that ultra instinct is about autonomous movement and not power why would you have a character whose complete existence is about power be the one to sort of be the foil for the ultra instinct you think it would have been better if it was someone like dispo who is so fast to where goku then has to sort of not rely and think about blocking and dodging he just kind of gets into it okay so i agree and disagree i think for one thing from what we understand about about ultra instinct and obviously this is something that they could have just changed that they decided to it's just a it's just a, a writing to they just decided to tell the story this way but of course it was jiren's power um that um was the catalyst for ultra instinct 
right? So from what we understand about Ultra Instinct, it involves some sort of catalyst. There has to be, basically, you know, Goku was hitting him with that spirit bomb. Jiren countered it and sent it back to him, and then the damn spirit bomb blew up in, 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 in Goku's face, and that shattered his limits, and that allowed him to reach Ultra Instinct. So in that way, it's almost like they needed someone incredibly powerful to trigger Ultra Instinct. Now, as far as being the foil, I mean, uh, you know, I guess being the person that is sort of actively engaged in being there as a part of this Ultra Instinct transformation and being the one that is sort of actively involved in Goku mastering it, uh, I do kind of see your point there. Maybe it would have been some, you know, someone more like Dispo who is so quick that like it, it, it just makes more sense for you to uh, develop a technique to where you don't have to think as much against someone who's super, super fast. Right. So I can I can I can I can see there. I, I, I think it would have been cool to have Jiren and Dispo somehow play a role in that. So I think I, I think I see what you're getting at with that. Second one here is that um, you're talking about. OK, so you mentioned here that his wish is to gain more power because he thinks his power is the only truth in life. Did they say for sure that that was Jiren's wish? That he just wanted more power like i mean his actual wish like if he wins the tournament of power and he gets the super dragon balls is he going to wish for more power is that what you're saying there because i don't think they said that i think the idea here has been they've been alluding to the fact that if he gets the super dragon balls he's going to wish back these people that he's lost right but i mean they never said for sure either way i don't think and it also kind of wouldn't make sense that he would wish back the people that he lost because he's he's the one sitting here saying that being attached, having attachments only makes you weaker. So why would he wish back the people that he lost? So maybe you're right. Maybe he just wants to be stronger. I don't <laughs> I don't know, but I, I get what you're saying here. It's not everything is clear about Jiren's motivations here. It's not. And unfortunately, I feel like we can only do so much in a short amount of time because for one thing dragon ball super has a lot less filler than dragon ball z and this would i said this multiple times if this were dragon ball z they, these guys would have stopped every two minutes and we would have gotten an entire backstory motivation character development whatever they would have talked about it they would have shown flashbacks but you know with super they try to cut back on that and they have cut back on that a lot and not to mention that the terminal power has a time limit so we didn't really get as much of that as I think we would have liked in that way. But I think we got just enough. And I, I agree. He doesn't have a real motivation that I think it's is, that is clear here. But in terms of motivation, everyone's motivation to determine a power is the same. Uh, let's not get eliminated. Right. We don't want our universes to be destroyed. So that could be another reason why they're not going so deeply into in each individual sort of motivation in this in this fight is because everybody's just kind of fighting for survival at this point. Anyway, Jalen, man, thank you so much for writing in. No problem. It's been a while since you emailed in. No problem whatsoever. I forgive you. Uh, yeah. So what do you guys think about all of that? Send me an email. Rock the Dragon podcast at gmail.com. What are you saying? Um, I am completely talked the hell out. So <laughs> I'm just going to say I'll see you guys on episode 131 for the final 
or you know, the final official episode of Rock the Dragon podcast will be 131. But if I get a ton of emails after 131, I'll come back with one more episode where I read you guys emails and we'll talk about it one final time. Does that sound fair? I need I need you guys to let me know though. I need you to let me know. I need to see how many emails I get. If I get two emails, probably not gonna do it. If I end up with six or seven emails, that'll be more likely, right? But we'll see. Once again, remember on the Patreon. I am hoping and planning to do a reaction video to episode 131. So you get to watch me in live, you know, in real time, watch the episode for the first time. Okay. I have all the means to do this. I don't know why I do. I don't do more of them, but whatever. <laughs> I'm going to try to do one for 131 and I'll put it up on the Patreon. Hopefully that'll be somewhat of a, you know, incentive for you guys that are kind of still on the fence to get over there and do it. Otherwise, at the end of October, we'll close it out. Okay. All right, so I'll see you guys on episode 131. It'll be a big one. I'm sure there'll be a lot of tears and power-ups and all kind of shit going on. And, you know, I'll be binge eating sensu beans throughout the episode. Okay, so until then, guys, for Rock the Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater. See you next time. Keep on rocking the dragon.